I think I'm having an art attack. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of whatever the show's called. Just kidding. Art Attack with your <laughs> host, Lizzie Dastin, who is a professor of art history, and myself, Justin Bua, who was a liver and a mover and a shaker. Not a liver like a kidney, but a liver like I live. <laughs> I'm a visual explorer. That's kind of kinda good. You're a spelunker. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Spelunking, exploring, <laughs> discovering. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I'm a spelunker. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I live the spelunky life. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to talk about uh, a good friend of mine and Lizzie's, uh, someone that I've worked with, uh, someone that I've actually partnered with on projects, uh, someone who's had a very rough and rugged uh career who we hope is, is doing well at this point, Annie Priest, uh, a.k.a. Love Annie. Uh, Annie, I met Annie, if I may go, do you mind? Of course not. Okay. I met Annie uh, on my TV show, Street Art Throwdown, in 2015. Uh, that We cast her, and she was a incredible, interesting, dynamic full of life, full of energy, character, a personality of epic proportions. Actually, the best thing about the Street Art Throwdown show was certainly not me, certainly not all the other contestants, no disrespect, but it was Annie. She was the star because her person, because she was so open. You know, she had been previously on that other show on TLC, I believe it was called Addicted, in 2010. And she talked about her her drug problems on that TV show and talked about it a lot on my show as well. But because she was so forthcoming about who she was in all of her previous addictions and relationships and her relationship with, you know, drugs and art, and she always went back to the, the, the phrase, art saved my life. And that was not like a bullshit cliche. I mean, art literally saved her life. Art took her from the depths of addiction to the depths of being able to channel art into something that was really creative and powerful. It gave her an outlet of expression. And I've heard her speak to that. There apparently was a moment where she had this one-woman show somewhere downtown in Los Angeles, and that was incredible and so empowering. And then she slipped back into her drug use, and she was suffering from some kind of of a post, I believe it was heroin episode, and she was in Skid Row. And then she realized that she was right around the corner from where she had had her one-woman show. And I think that juxtaposition and that complexity and that sadness, it encouraged her to clean herself up and pursue art again. So that was just another way in which art saved her. And I'm sure the experience with your show did too, because that was such a creative launching pad for her to take her art and her muralism to the next level. Well, I think also the thing about Annie that you don't get with other artists is she's really not bullshitting. Like she's, she's the real deal. Uh, I always say like, you know, artists could be all kinds of People. You know, artists could be businessmen. They could be, you know, very creative and articulate and A-type personalities. They could also be 
you know, these quintessential introverts, the distraught characters like the Van Goghs, or that's what we think of an artist as, right? Like the the introspective introvert who just won't come out of a shell because they're so curmudgeon like Michelangelo or or Van Gogh. But then you have Annie, you know, who is absolutely uh, full of angst, but her angst is real, and she's not afraid to talk about it. So she's that other archetype of the quintessential artist. And she uses her angst to build community, which I think is really nice. And maybe that is a byproduct of her openness and her vulnerability. And she's not shying away from her past. She uses it as a means to become even more creative and to connect her work with her audience. And I think that is really cool. And it just makes her even more dynamic. I remember... So when I watched your show, this is before I knew you, Mm. and absolutely the two best elements were you and Annie, for sure. Thank you. And I remember there was Mostly Annie, but thank you. (laughs) There was a moment where she was working, I think it was on the final project, because she was, spoiler alert, in the top three, and she was working with Blue, and the spray gun backfired, and it went all in her face, and it was just such a fun moment, and she added Mm. so much levity and it was really fun to watch. She, you know, Annie, uh, Annie's very creative. You know, she's not a technical drafts person. She's not. Uh, she's okay. She doesn't really understand color. She doesn't really understand perspective. She understands composition from a more guttural place, uh, but she's not a technical painter. She wasn't, she didn't train. She didn't spend time at the museum's painting from masters or that's not what she came from. She came from the street where she was more street art graph centric than moved over to muralist. Right. So the funny thing is though, she always had a funny solution or a creative solution. And that's hard. It's hard to be funny on canvas. And Annie was very successful at being funny and being weird and being weird and ironic to a point where it wasn't necessarily heavy handed. Sometimes it could be, but other times it was just creative. You know, she took, uh, you know, her portfolio. You could see online, by the way, if you want to check her out during this podcast, just check out Annie Priest, P-R-E-E-C-E, or Love Annie. Uh, Don't read her Wikipedia page because it's not written very well. (laughs) I didn't write that one. No, but um, (laughs) she, you know... She's got really cool stuff. She's got the the fuck Campbell soup, which is a play on Andy Warhol's Campbell soup. And just that, even though that's so simple, like you know she did that shit quick. She has those kind of really simple visual images that are striking. And, and that, like how yeah, and like how did I not think of that? Like, but she thinks <laughs> of it. You know what I mean? But like she thinks of the simplest shit and she's able to like hit it home. Like, okay, we did a collaboration with my DJ. Okay, my, my classic DJ painting that I did in 2001, and I gave it over to Annie. I had no fucking idea what I was going to get, and she brought back my DJ as Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like with her, like, you know, with, with his hands nailed to the DJ turntable. I mean, it was like, it was like funny, simple. You know, it could have been shallow, but it was deep. It was deep because you had all of a sudden you had this transformation of this iconic archetypal character that I painted that every, you know, that a lot of people know about and made it into a more archetypal, iconic 
interpretation. And it's shifting where we place our spiritual value, right? That before the religious icon was Christ on a cross, and now maybe music is our religion. And so it's creating That's me in the corner. R.E.M. Music's my religion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually know that one. That's about the experience of You can never give a reference with Lizzie because she's lost if you give a musical reference. (laughs) Unless it's maybe like like you know, Broadway. Otherwise, she's like, what are you talking about? That's so true. I would make an argument, but you're right. But this one I actually do know because losing my religion is about coming out. So if it's about identity politics or bodies, then probably I know. But anyway, I think that that particular redesign of your iconic work is very cool because whether this was her intent, that doesn't really matter, but she is shifting the conversation to help viewers examine where we invest spiritual curiosity. And now maybe it's in the urban world and music and hip hop culture and all of that. Yeah. She, you know, she's, uh, I feel like Annie is a very, very creative person and, uh, a very creative, a very complicated person who's very creative. And I don't, I, everybody that I know, like, loves her work you know what i mean she's she's been able to just take similar simple imagery like the american flag you know that american flag piece was really cool it was like all bizarre and melty and flowing it was like made out of ribbons and then she did the rainbow flag which was kind of a a great nod uh to the culture and just has i don't know once again very simple but it says a lot. Like Her the image is simple. Are beautiful. I really I think that we should talk about the peacocks Please. because they are such a tried and true symbol in art and so decorative and really came in prominence in a visual art space in the 1900s, the turn of the 20th century. And Annie is able to put her street style onto that motif. And she makes it hip and urban while still honoring the original design of the Art Deco peacock, but also the bird itself. And I think that that is just really cool and really beautiful and also elegant, which doesn't characterize all of her work. Some of her street stuff is a lot is a lot grittier. It's kind of gnarly. We have uh, unicorns vomiting, rainbows or having yeah, diarrhea rainbows. Funny? It's like everything is... <laughs> Well, she takes these images that are idyllic and uh, peaceful and funny and lyrical and almost like children imagery. Like, you know, you have this unicorn, this beautiful, playful unicorn, this fantasy. Oh, my God. Unicorns. Yay. Rainbows. Yay. But the unicorn (laughs) is shitting and vomiting like intensely rainbows. What is that saying? I don't know, but I love it. It's subversive no, I, I of whimsy. It, it, no, it is. It's the it's the antithesis. It's everything you think life is has nothing to do with life. <laughs> everything that you right, you oh, you thought that the, it was all about rainbows and unicorns, but guess what? Even the rainbows and unicorn, the rain, the unicorns are shitting and vomiting <laughs> and probably on drugs. Yes. there's often drug paraphernalia in her work and it's like this childhood hero has transitioned into a childhood anti-hero and it's almost like lifting the curtain of your expectations of youth 
And I think that's really fun because a lot of street artists and contemporary artists, they utilize cartoons in their imagery because cartoons are connective. Everybody has an experience watching a cartoon. It makes us think of simpler days. And Annie is throwing that concept on its head. She's like, yeah, cool. I understand that people like cartoons, but this cartoon is going to shit a rainbow. And it's fun. So I love that. There's also something childlike about her signature. She signs things, as you mentioned, love Annie. And to me, there is a duality to that. On the one hand, it almost references that yearbook culture where you say, hi, it was so great hanging out with you in seventh grade math. Have a great summer. Love, comma, Annie. (laughs) But on the other hand, I think that it's more of a request. It is this need, this hope that we are going to love her. And so I think that there's something vulnerable to go back to that word because there is such a vulnerability to her transparency about her issues. And I think that vulnerability imprints itself on her signature, that she's asking us to love her. She's showing us who she is, and she hopes that we accept it. Yeah, I mean, I see she's got that iconic signature too. You know what I mean? It's, it is, it is cartoony. It's fun. It's whimsical. It's playful, but it's street. She got good, you know, it's a good hand style. It's not a bad hand style. You know what I mean? Like she could actually use paint. And that was one of her things that she was very uncomfortable with is, you know, using paint because she was more of a muralist using, I mean, I'm saying spray paint aerosol, uh, but she actually can use both. And I got her a cool commission at Melrose at the school on Melrose Avenue right across from M Cafe on the same side of the street if you guys want to go check that out. And uh, she she ripped it, you know what I mean? She did a really good job. It's all the quintessential Annie stuff, the dolphins, the rainbow, <laughs> you know what I mean? All of the all, Annie's pulling out all her comfort characters. But also, when she did your show, I think that that was the first time that she played with perspective and illusionism with a wall being cracked open. And so her final piece for a street art throwdown, mm-hmm. it was this trompe l'oeil, a mm-hmm. trick of the eye, mm-hmm. where it looked like a whole wall, the center had been pushed through, and so yep. then from it you could see this beautiful vista. Yeah, now she- in, in fairness, uh, being on the show, Grim Nasty was her assistant, and so Grim Nasty had a lot to do with that trompe l'oeil, uh, who, was, who was very good at trick of the eye stuff. He That was kind of his strong point. But Annie, for sure, you know, Annie if she continues with art is can do anything that she really wants to do, she'll figure it out. Um, and I don't think you need a command of a Craig Mullins command of perspective, you know, or a Reuben Hickman command of perspective. You need a, an understanding of perspective in terms of where's my eye level? Am I above or below? And I don't think most artists even have that, you know, unfortunately, because they don't think about camera angle, but I think Annie, as you see her work was getting more and more technical, more, you know, more and more evolved. And you see that when you look at Van Gogh, not to make the connection with Van Gogh and Annie, but you can because Van Gogh, as you saw his work very fast, very fast, he got way more technical, way more academic. And I think you were seeing that uh, with Annie. I agree, because her earlier imagery, I guess the most iconic example would be that face with the very drawn-out skin. 
and which it is looks, yeah, which was very twist. Yeah, in right, my opinion, right? It's good, but I think the peacock and then the flag and the stuff that she's and the doing, hands. She's and always the, oh, doing those the hands. hands. Are wonderful. She did that whole uh, street art throwdown thing where she did all of those hands, and it was a really smart solution, creative solution. Black, red, and white were her colors, which is also great. You know what I mean? Like just keeping a reserve kind of graphic palette. Absolutely. It shows a lot of confidence because I think her color palette is playful and it echoes the whimsy of her design, but also it's a little bit distracting because it is so polychromed. But when an artist will simplify his or her palette to the essentials, to black and white, like Franz Klein did, or to integrate a little bit of red, like how and Nazem do, those contemporary street artists from Germany, then that shows that they are really courageous mm-hmm. because we don't get distracted by any kind of color palette. We just see the technique and we just see the design and we we see the work for what it is without the the fripperies. Frippery? What Frippery? The f- I've never heard of that. Yeah, well, I haven't heard of a lot of music references, so now we're even. <laughs> Tell me what frippery is. Oh, it's just, it's something that's kind of unnecessary and frivolous. Okay. You see, guys, when you sit here with Lizzie, she is so articulate. She always adds words to the conversation that I don't know, which doesn't say much because I'm an idiot, but the point is <laughs> that she has an incredible vocabulary. You're one of those vocabularies that are like just shocking. Anyway, frippery, ladies and gentlemen, look it up uh, out there in the world, and uh, certainly Annie, if you haven't heard of it, just... Now you have. Now you have. Uh, but I think with respect to, to Annie, you have you know you have a, a really strong body of work. And the, the issue with Annie is that, and I think what it comes down to uh, is that her personality is also very powerful. So her personality almost supersedes her art. You know, is, is Annie the image? The, who she is out there in the world on Instagram and Facebook and who I know her as is, be, you know, fortunately and unfortunately as dynamic as her work. So we we that know her kind of get caught up in like, you know, she just is moving performance art. She's living performance art. And as of late, I know a lot of, us have been very concerned because we we weren't able to find her. Um, And I spoke about it with you. I asked a lot of my friends who were friends with her and who had business relationships with that she's worked with. Uh, She has been the client of some of these people. And no one could find her. And why don't you take it from there? Because this is really important. I would love to. So a friend of mine who is a really prolific street artist in L.A., Thrashbird, he took to the streets. He was also concerned, and he was talking to mutual friends of Annie's, and nobody seemed to know where she was. And so he wrote with rollers on some wall in a self-sanctioned fashion, Annie, are you okay? And of course, this has a double meaning. He was referencing Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson. And so anybody could see that 
and connect to it. But the deeper meaning was wondering if Annie Priest was okay. And he posted it on Instagram and a flurry of activity ensued. And what I thought was so stunning about this was that we don't often think of street art and graffiti as being a cohesive community. We think of a lot of people getting walls over other people and maybe putting their work over somebody else's. And it's more aggressive, it's more of a battle than it is something that feels like family. And what Thrashbird did was not only create this call to arms for Annie in support of her and her health, but he also highlighted the fact that ultimately everybody's on the same team. And because of his post, somebody reached out to him and found Annie and we know that she's okay and she's getting support. So I really, I, I talk a lot of, of shit about social media, but in this case, I just think that it was life-saving. Yeah. Annie, uh, you know, Annie, like, like I said before, has been very open about her, uh, addictions. Uh, she, she talked about it on my show. Certainly she talked about it in the show <laughs> addicted in 2010 on TLC. Uh, she's very open about it. And I think a lot of artists struggle with addictions. I mean, you know, art is so intense, you know, that it could pull out, it could rip your soul apart. And you oftentimes feel the need to balance it out, you know, with, with drugs or alcohol or, you know, whatever. And I feel like, uh, it's, it's, it's rough and, and, that's what art and music can can do sometimes you know and if you don't really have a way to to channel all of that you know it it's frustrating uh so you know she she is a dynamic person and obviously we only hope the best for her you know we love her uh but also she's a really dynamic artist and i feel like she could be you know, in the canon of all of this, when it all is said and done, you know, I think Annie Priest is, is an important artist. And if you have a chance to walk down Melrose, check her work out. If you have a chance to just peruse her work on the Internet, it's, it's, really, it's really interesting work. And I know she inspires a lot of people. She does. And I agree that she is significant in the contemporary space. I think it's a really hard balance to strike to let yourself evolve while also maintaining the characteristics of your style. It would be impossible to see something and not know that it's Annie Priest. However, exactly. she isn't limited to the confines of what made her popular in the first place. And I really respect that. I think it's hard to do. Not a lot of people do it with the same amount of success and technical proficiency and fun that she does. So Annie, we love you. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't and, like and, ending no, episodes. And, and you like do you it. said, love Annie. It's what's not to love. You know what I mean? We yeah. love. We love you. We do. So you know, keep painting and don't stop painting because that's that's her gift, and I feel like that's an important gift to share with me and you and everybody out there. And I feel like she could really take it to another level. And I'm really interested in seeing what the next evolution of Love Annie's work is. 